Welcome to the Average AF Podcast with your hosts, Adam McElroy and Stephen Hardy. Hey guys, welcome to the Average AF Podcast. Uh, this is Adam and I'm here with Steve as always. On uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about our top five lyricists. Not necessarily who we think is the best, um, but our favorite as far as style and everything like that. And then we're going to go into an album review of Intuition and Equilibrium. Uh, this is an album from, I believe, 2012. It is self-titled, but we'll get into that a little later. Then the future of technology, uh, including AI, and then Warren Buffett's 25 and 5 rule. So that's the agenda for today. Um, we are actually recording on new microphones right yeah, now, yeah. Um, something I'm really excited about. I am here, guys. <laughs> hey, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> These are Samson Q2U microphones. Like I said, I'm super pumped to use them. I've been kind of geeking out all week. All week. Uh, trust me, I've been hearing about it. <laughs> I'm trying not to be that guy, but... No, I understand. New I was toys. definitely geeking out. Um, toys, you got to express it. Today, actually, uh, which is on Monday, I just received a ton of stickers in the mail today. Uh, triple digits. So, if you guys legitimately want one, find me or give me your address. Whatever we got to do, we'll mail you a couple. We just want to get it out there, stick them on everything, your cars, random poles, whatever, your girlfriend's butt, whatever you want to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we got a ton of those to give away, so just let us know. And then uh, we did actually have a topic from last week that we didn't completely finish. Yeah, so at the end of the last episode, we, we had a question for me, and it was, why doesn't rewarding myself motivate me just as much as somebody else like saying hey you know if you do this i'll give you ten dollars or right. i'll take you out to dinner and you know i thought about it a few times throughout the week i don't think i could really come up with is that i guess i feel like i'm not gaining anything it's more of a trade okay like you know like <laughs> I I, feel it. you know what i mean okay. like it's it's i'm not really gaining anything that i couldn't do to myself already Okay. I think that's a lot of it, and that's a weird concept for me when I think about like, well, that doesn't. I mean, does it make sense? But it don't make sense. Uh, <laughs> but life. yeah, so like, if you were to give me something, that's I feel like I'm gaining something. That's a true benefit. I am benefiting from that. Mm-hmm. Rather, you know, with myself, I just kind of like trading money for this item. Or you know, I'm losing something to gain something. That's not really right. a reward to me. You know what? I, you, right. you get what I'm saying? Uh, that's interesting. You, yeah, and you know, for anybody listening, if you feel like that's bullshit, that don't make no sense. <laughs> Please let me know. I'm open to any uh any feedback on that. It's an interesting concept, but I get it. Yeah, get and it. then um the other thing I was thinking about was that having someone else believe in me helps me to accomplish things. Is the thing that's kind of yeah, natural that's for just everybody. Natural. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But outside of those two things, I really couldn't think of any reason why motivating or something that wouldn't from somebody else mm-hmm. would uh motivate me to do things a little bit, you know, more. So I get it. That makes sense. But yeah, so uh, that's just to kind of cap off a, a conversation we were having last week. Kind of stumped Steve with a question and put him on the spot <laughs> and uh, needed a week to think about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> But let's move on to our top five lyricists. Once again, 
Uh, these are not necessarily our, you know, who we think is the best lyricist overall, but it's going to be our favorites. Um, that can be style, storytelling, bars, content, freestyling, you know, any, any kind of com, you know, any type of, uh, any type of rap or, you know, any genre in general. So, um, who do you want to start this one? I'll start, man. Okay. And so when I, when I made my list, it's real easy to go rappers and, you know, there's a a slim distinction almost, but there is a a difference between a rapper and a lyricist. Right. Soldier boy, definitely not a lyricist, (laughs) but definitely a rapper. Yeah. So, you know, when I made my top five or my favorite five, I had to keep that in mind because there are some people that uh, I think are better rappers, better artists. Right. But these are my top five lyricists with an honorable mention. So everybody that knows me probably seen this coming. Jay-Z yep. is definitely on that list. Yep. <laughs> Jay-Z, not too many people are going to fight me on that. Him being one of the greatest lyricists of his generation. Yeah, you might not agree, but you can't, like, dismiss it. Yeah. He's yeah. up there for yeah. sure. For, for, my, for a lot of people that I know and people have just rapped hip-hop in general, you know, Jay-Z's influence is tremendous. Yeah. Yeah, from what he does on the mic to his business. Like, we, we've gotten into that. So Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that. <laughs> so what I tried to do as well is take a few tracks from each artist that I think somebody should go listen to should they not know who these people are or, you okay. know, why they're on my list. I like that. For Jay-Z, um, I definitely have Lyrical Exercise. It's off his Blueprint album. It came out in 01. It's about pretty much it's 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 a double entendre throughout the whole entire song because he's talking about working out, but at the same time he's talking about bodying people and and in the booth. Yeah. You know, so it's a cool song to listen to. It's definitely one that's like the average rapper couldn't write. No way. And, you know, Jay Z didn't write, which is even made it even more special. So <laughs> He has a song. I don't think anybody else has really heard it. It's called, well, it's actually Slim, Slim Thug's song. Uh, do you know who he is? Uh-uh. Okay. I mean, I've heard the name. But. Yeah, he's a famous, he was real big back in mid-2000s, but for, when the South had their movement. Right. Well, you know, Paul Wall and Mike Jones. and <laughs> Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Can't forget Mike Jones. But Jay-Z hopped on a remix of one of his songs he had called I Ain't, I Ain't Heard of That. Okay. And it's on a, it's on an album that you. I don't. When I seen the physical copy in the store, it wasn't on there. But I found this on the internet. It was a, a bonus track of this remix with Jay Z. I've only ever found it on one website. Hmm. So if anybody could ever find that, it's called wow. I ain't ever heard of that, or I ain't heard of that, and it's the remix version with Jay Z on it. Did you try a YouTube it? Everything's no, I never YouTube. looked for it on YouTube. I huh. found it on. A site that I don't want to talk about right, right now, but yeah, I, it, it may be on YouTube. Everything else is. I don't right. see why it wouldn't be. But if you can find that verse, go check out his verse on that and uh, the Diamonds remix on Kanye West's album. Actually, late registration. I think that's a phenomenal verse that he did uh, on that CD. So second, I think another one that any not too many people are gonna argue me with uh, Eminem. Yep, probably, and it's amazing because. I think a lot of people, when they talk about lyricists, they include subject matter. Yeah. 
And if you do include that, Eminem will never, ever be in your top five. Because Why not? Of, because of what he, you know, I think a lot you of people. like the vulgarity of it? No, I believe like, for me, lyricism is being able to paint a picture with words. And you M can definitely do that. But it's stuff that nobody nobody can raise. Oh, I'm fucking my mom, and okay, well, you know yeah. what I mean. Like it's not topics that the everyday person is gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I relate to that. I agree, but it's like his songs are like a fucking movie. You can see them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, you, a, that's one fucked up movie. I well, guess. Well, I mean, but. yeah, but Rob Zombie makes movies, and everybody loves them. You yeah, can't relate I mean, to that. M's revered. Yeah, we know. You know uh, what he brings to the table lyrically. But I think around that, he if you just take out what he talks about and look at his structures and his rhyme patterns. Oh, for sure. He is definitely, I don't know how you, anybody could ever say he's not, uh, as a writer, as a lyricist, right. one of the dopest of all time. Well, that's that was my argument actually last week on the Relapse album. Mm-hmm. If you can look past what he's saying mm-hmm. <laughs> and look at how he's saying it and like you said the structure of it it's he in my phenomenal. opinion the best technical Eminem yes. rap album yes it has to be technic you know technicality wise but yeah i mean there's i'll um, go into i'll, I'll kind of go into my argument for it too because like i said he's on my top five okay so we'll just throw it all together right here the reason to me that kind of stands out is any category of rap or hip-hop or whatever you want to call it eminem is in the top five of that category so if you talk about freestyling yeah he has to be in the top five right right? if you talk about flow has to be in the top five right if you talk about rhyme scheme has to be in the top five right you know if you even talk about speed rapping he outdid yellow wolf on yellow wolf's own song you know what i mean He's, he's the in, LeBron of that. He's in the he's, top yeah. five yeah. in every category. Yes, that's so, crazy. Yeah, there's there's no argument for him. Anybody that, I mean, if you tell me that you don't like Eminem or you don't think he's anything special, I kind of write you off as, as far as your rap <laughs> opinion. To be honest with credibility, you. Credibility, like, yeah. Like, I'll still don't. listen and maybe check some things out, but like... Yeah, you won't have if, much credibility yeah, with anybody yeah, you, yeah. with that argument. Yeah. Three songs from him uh, that I love. The Way I Am, everybody's heard that one. Soldier, which is off of the Eminem show. Semi-popular song, maybe. You know, the average mm-hmm. Eminem fan may have not have heard that one, but it's off the Eminem show. Probably his second best album to me, if not right. maybe third. And then Legacy off of Marshall Mathers LP 2. Okay. Uh, with with I don't know. There's a girl singing the hook. I forget who it is. I have no idea off the top of my head. But yeah, it's that's a that's a song that, Wasn't that gives one of me the chills. Singles? Wasn't that one of the singles? Legacy. I I don't think it was. No. Like on the radio. Yeah. I don't listen to the radio though. To be honest, yeah, I have. So maybe maybe it was. we shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, but that song. It I was listening to it the other day, and it still gave me chills. Just the right. the story he told. Um, one that gives me chills. I definitely love Legacy. Is uh, Sing for the Moment. Yeah. For some reason, that one always gets me going, man. Yeah. Always. Eminem show. Yeah. Great album. So the third I got here is my man Terminal Knowledge. Oh shit! I knew that would surprise nice. you. Uh, Terminal Knowledge yeah. is is probably in my top five favorite lyricists. Wow. Uh, right now, and I, I actually met this guy. You. I didn't see that from you. Yeah. 
and but the songs that I thought about when I was thinking lyrics, lyricist is really ciphers. So I don't know if he was freestyling those or if he actually wrote They're those. They're all written. I mean, okay. everything everything they do is written. They even say that. Okay. They're not freestylers. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm not knocking that aspect. I just didn't know. Right. But uh, the Duke Westlake cipher, anybody who's never heard that. Terminal Knowledge is from a group. Uh, for those that don't know, it's the Palmer Squares, him yeah. and uh, Acumenal. He doesn't have any solo albums that I know of or any solo really like EPs or anything. Everything nope. he's done with his partner. But if you can go check them out, you will hear, you know, them both in equal measure. Yeah, and Act is caught up with Turner. Yeah, Act's it's, not far behind. I was right. actually listening to some songs earlier. I'm like, shh. Yeah. It would almost be wrong not to put him on the list. I almost put, did, too. Yeah, it's real. almost wrong not to because they're both phenomenal. But I like a term style a little bit, a little bit more. So the Duke Westlake Cypher, if you haven't heard that, go look that one up on YouTube. That was actually the first one, first song of theirs I ever heard. That's the first song that you played for me too yep. of them, yep. and it's yeah, I'm blown away since the first time I ever heard it. Because I remember, I remember watching it, and I was like, my kind of thing when I was showing people was, hey, look at the second guy that goes here, which is Term. Yeah, he doesn't look like he should rap, <laughs> but he goes the fuck off. Stupid, you remember me bro. telling you that? Yeah, I said that to everybody. I was Stupid. like, "Stupid, that dumb looking guy can fucking go." <laughs> yep. Broken language. Also another one, yep. one of the first ones you ever showed me. Go look that one up. It's actually on on all the streaming platforms, and there's a there's a video on YouTube for that. And I really love the song uh, "Consistently Inconsistent." Yep, I, I listened I, to both of those today. That song used to be one of my favorite, you know, zone out smoking two songs. Yep, um, it was on my playlist to, for that specific reason for a very long time. The dome blown anthem. It, damn right. Yep. Damn right. So yeah, he's definitely on my list. Fourth, I got Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Probably obvious choice for a lot of people. Can't hate it. Yeah. I mean, do I really got to get into why he's on that list? I mean, he's just, yeah, he's special. And he's you know, versatile. Yes. For sure. Yes. What I admire about Kendrick specifically is he his pronunciation on when he's rapping. He really, he can flow fast, but every word is perfectly pronounced and enunciated. Yep. And, you know, he can stick with a theme. Of you know flow or you know style for as a whole entire song, yeah, yep. it's effortless for him when he's in the booth. So that's very you know respectable to me. A couple songs from him. He's got a song on a Untitled Unmastered album or EP, something like maybe six or seven tracks on it. But came out. Kobe told him to, his ass to put it out, and he put it out 2015 maybe. But so all the tracks on there are dates. So this one's called Five Twenty Eight Thirteen. How much a dollar cost off off a pimp to pimp a butterfly? Yep. I don't know if you've heard I that. I like track. that album a lot. Yeah, that one went over my head for probably a good three Same. four months. Same. Three or four months. Yep. I literally had to go into Genius and look up the lyrics to some of it and well, break I down just, people's analyzation of it and you know everything to kind of start to wrap my head around what the album is. I think about. for me, the reason I kind of overlooked it is I definitely listened to it. But it must have been one of those days that I was distracted or whatever. Yeah. And I listened to it. And then I just remember thinking like, oh, that's the end of the album mm -hmm. and nothing yeah. stood out. But I right. think it's because I wasn't paying attention. You have to. It's right. one of those albums you're not just going to be in a club and be like, oh, shit, what's that playing? Right. It's something you have to literally sit down and right. intentionally listen to. So same. Like I had to revisit it. This was honestly probably about a year later. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I it's, that album is definitely art. Yeah. And The Art of Peer Pressure is another track I really love from Kendrick. It's on his first album, Good Kid, Mad City. Uh, it's a story about him and his boys. 
running around being bad. So uh, that's it for Kendrick. And my fifth selection, very hard, but I'm going to have to go with J. Cole. Um, he's grown a lot. I've seen his progression. I didn't really tune into him. from. I can't say I'm a day one fan, but um, after Board Center came out, really started paying a lot of attention to him. I really liked that album. Then, you know, 2014, Forest Hills yep. and uh, beyond. You know, I've been listening to him ever since. My favorite Cole tracks, uh, Runaway off of Born Center. It's a, it's a song about, you know, uh, you and your girl and you kind of, she wants to settle down, but you don't. You're still young and you want to be out there and fucking the hoes and, <laughs> you know, right. acting reckless when you got a good girl at home and then you don't know what you're throwing away. Wet Dreams, everybody's heard that one off of, uh, you know, Fire. perfect lyrical story about every every young boy's uh, yep. first time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of his more recent tracks, he has a track on the Dreamville, Revenge of the Dreamers 3 album uh, called Rembrandt, yep. Run It Back with Vince Staples. And that was Jid. one of the few songs that I actually put his, on His verse on that, oh my God. I, I like literally... Like when he was done, I didn't even listen to the rest of the song. I was thinking right. about his verse and immediately played it over. Yep, because that's nice. that verse that he had on that was phenomenal. Yeah, I really like that verse. So those are all some songs that you can check out from my favorite uh, lyricists. Honorable mention I do have though will be Mr. Earl Sweatshirt. The oh, reason, wow. yeah, okay, he's not in my top five only because I, he hasn't put out a lot of music of late probably the last four years and the album he did come with last was i think last year i think i gave it one spin and i was like this is just not i mean i don't know what to think of it really but it definitely wasn't the earl that i fell in love with but undoubtedly he's got some bars uh check him out his first two albums are called doris named after his grandmother who passed and i don't like shit i don't go outside nice so yeah that's awesome actually that second album of his is probably in my top 20 favorite albums of all time wow yeah okay but some tracks from him centurion is off of uh doris uh whoa there's a song on there with uh tyler the creator mm-hmm. named whoa off the first album and wool off the second album i don't like shit i don't go outside those are three of my favorite tracks from mr earl sweatshirt and that completes my list nice man i, I like your list it's interesting because both of us picked current rappers. Oh, okay. For our top we didn't, and I kind of felt guilty not. Like yeah. I said, I'm glad we didn't make it the best because there's so many lyricists That's that I so haven't hard. had time to, yeah, yeah really listen yeah. to to um, feel comfortable really making a list. But about yeah, like Jay Z and M, like they're obviously kind of from the last generation, but mm-hmm. they're still current. Yeah. They're still relevant, yep. obviously, two of the biggest names. Yep. Um, and then some more really current people so i want to start with my honorable mention okay and i wanted to put him on the list man but it's kind of kind of the same reason you didn't he hasn't put anything out in a little while mm-hmm. he's only got probably two albums that i really really like okay and i don't even listen to him super consistently like i should but it's asher roth all right asher roth is yeah he's pretty dope. pretty he's close dope. to my top five uh, he's got two of my favorite songs to rap along with. Okay. <laughs> and that is More Cowbell and More Cowbell. Common Knowledge. So I think I know Common Knowledge. The More Cowbell one, though, I don't think I know that Common one. Common Knowledge has a 
a music video on YouTube with it. That's pretty dope. Okay. Uh, More Cowbell, I think, is off the Pabst and Jazz mixtape. Yep. If I remember I, correctly. Yep. Uh, I know that one. But yeah, both of those songs are like two of my favorite songs to rap along with. Okay. If you listen to More Cowbell, you'll see why. That song took me a long time to be able to memorize it. It's got very little intricate rhymes, mm-hmm. like every other word almost. So it you you always mix them up and yeah. put them in the wrong order. And yeah, those are the fun ones though. Yeah, yeah, but I got it. I got it on lock. <laughs> <laughs> so love love Asher Roth, but like I said, he hasn't put anything out in in a little while. And I was wondering too. Uh, if it was just me, you know, you're a lot more in tune with the underground scene than I am. But mm-hmm. I was kind of getting the same thing. Like, I haven't heard Asher put out much of anything in the last at least two or three years. So right, maybe yeah, he's moved on to other things, man. I don't know. I, I, I hope know. not. You got bars. Right. So he was my honorable mention. I'm going to start with Eminem. We just talked about him. Mm-hmm. Don't really need any more detail on that. He's one of, if not the goats in rap or hip hop in general. Like I said, top five in every category, in my opinion. Yep. There's nobody else yeah, that you can solid, you know, solidly put in there. Uh, next one is actually Term K. Okay. Terminal Knowledge. Okay. And I mean, like I said, we talked about him too, but the reason I like him and Ack and just the Palmer Squares in general is their vocabulary. Yeah. Uh, for me, and Steve's heard me say this multiple times, if I have to look up a word that you just said, <laughs> I'm really intrigued. You know what I mean? If yeah. I have to like educate myself to understand you, yeah. <laughs> I like it. So I, I was listening to him today a little bit on the way to work, just trying to pick out like crazy things that they say, because they use a vocabulary that I haven't heard anybody else really use, except maybe like Aesop Rock. Yeah. Kind of, you know, MF Doom mm-hmm. kind of up there. But like they said, like palindrome, which isn't anything too crazy, debonair, gelatinous acid, idiosyncrasies, mashugana putts, like just words yeah, that you don't, don't hear. Not not right. necessarily that they're crazy or whatever, but just a vocabulary that you I haven't heard anybody say debonair in Yeah, what the hell would you even rhyme that with? Um Fred Astaire. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty clever. <laughs> um so terms on there. Uh next one is locksmith. Yeah. I pondered on him for a little bit. Locksmith is one of the very few people that I think can actually keep up with Eminem as far as a, a bar battle. That'd be a sight. Yeah. That would be a sight. But, I mean, Locks got any song you put on is insane from him. Any freestyle. His freestyles are actually off the dome and probably the best freestyle. Actually, definitely the best freestyles I've ever heard. Yeah. Even over M's. Yeah, um, anything that I pull up on his of YouTube, anything anybody pulls up of YouTube, every single freestyle I've ever heard him, he just goes off. And I like him because he'll make you think. Not, right. Like Very many rappers don't make me think the way Locksmith does, but got rhymes, you know, right. like the way he does. He's Yeah, it's very hard for people to intertwine both. Right. And he a, definitely does that very well. A lot of people that don't really know him more on a, more broad basis uh, i think he's just kind of like a speed rapper which he can he can rap really fast i don't get that impression though but that's because i've shown you a ton of stuff okay and i i don't know if he used to do it more or what i'm not sure but 
when he I like it when he goes slow, man, because yeah. like you said, he he points shit out, he talks right. about real shit, right? Calls people out, like just I I don't think between him and this next person that I'm gonna mention, those are the only two that I think could put could keep up with Eminem consistently. I don't think they would not necessarily ever fall off, but it would take a long time for you to be like, oh, M was way better than them. Gotcha, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, next one here is actually Mad Squabbles. Oh, wow, putting him on the list. Yep. Dude is how old? Uh, 21. Does he have an album yet? Yeah. Well, he's got like two. Okay, then. Maybe um, they're mixtapes, I don't know. Okay, because I, I don't remember. But yeah, I need to go check those out then before yeah. I put him on any sort of. Dude. lyricist i mean it's yep. it's you know freestyle is one thing but yeah he's in he's in my top five him and okay. locksmith are the only people i think could keep up with him okay and squabbles is 21 maybe 22 years old now with him look up like the humble remix that's just yeah. fire that's kind of how he took off a little bit yeah man because i hate to good. say it but he kind of did humble better than kendrick did oh you get a lot of you can get some arguments about that one. And then I am going to say some bold shit here. And at least from a from a sound standpoint, let's see if you can agree with this. Okay. It's kind of a two-parter. Okay. So Squabbles is like a young Kendrick, but okay. better. Oh, uh, oh, shit. Uh. Man. Young Kendrick. I'm thinking five years ago. Or older. Kendrick didn't rap with near the speed as he as Squabbles does with consistently. Right. So it's hard to compare him in that I'm not to say Kendrick couldn't do it. He or he definitely did, but most of Squabble stuff seems to be, you know, sped up. Where Kendrick has really slowed down over right. the years. Yeah, I think I was trying to think of a way to like categorize him squabbles and i think i would say like kind of like a whiplash with bars like it's just back and forth like you know just like kind of shakes you around <laughs> with how many bars he's coming i gotta hear with. an album man it's hard for me to say that okay. i'm gonna have to look him up i'm gonna dedicate some some time to him this coming Definitely week do. and check Definitely him out do. because like i said kendrick's on my list the top five so you know to be that young and yeah, he's Think got you're really uh, fucking with him. That's I don't the know, art man. of boom bap is yeah. an album. Okay, uh, lamps is an album from. Oh, 2018. I knew I knew of lamps. Okay, I've uh, heard of that one. Mad Two from 2017, which is music addiction disorder. And then there's probably more too, but he's got three right there. Okay, I don't know if they're official debut albums or right. what, but they're full length albums. Okay, at least. yeah, I have to check those out, man. Yeah, definitely fire. Get back to you on that. And then uh, the the last one here is actually Intuition. Uh, Intuition is actually a, a guy from Alaska. Uh, <laughs> and he moved to L.A. I forgot that fact. Yep, yep. But he's he's definitely got to be in my top five, even though he hasn't put anything out in a while. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I don't think I've heard anything from him since then. Yeah, maybe like a song or two, but not really, which is really unfortunate. But he's definitely in my top five. His flows are amazingly smooth. Uh, I just, 
it's it's more of a style thing for me like Mm -hmm. his content is great and what he's saying is great and his rhymes are really intricate and stuff but as far as style he just has such a smooth style and stuff like that i don't know if you would agree with that or not um we're reviewing his album so i'll I'll hold my thoughts right (laughs) okay so that is my top five uh eminem turn k locksmith mad squabbles and intuition and what was your top five? Uh, Eminem, Term K, Jay Z, J Cole, and Kendrick. Kendrick Lamar with a <laughs> with a uh, honorable mention for Earl Sweatshirt. Nice, nice. So yeah, I like your list. I'm glad you like mine. Yeah, it, I, it's been it's. I spent it's some tough. time on that. It's tough. It was definitely tough. So full disclosure, we were actually supposed to do this last week, and we just didn't because yeah. it was too tough. I mean, for for me, like hip hop is about forty percent of my life. The other fifty percent is my family, and then the other ten percent is like stand up comedy. <laughs> but Hip-hop is a major part of my life, and this was a very difficult thing for me to do. Um, I know Steve's kind of in the same boat, at least. Yeah. And I don't know if we've ever even done our top five. I know we've discussed our favorites and kind of stuff like that, but I don't think we've ever kind of said it, you know, like kind of announced our top five. Right. For me, the biggest reason I struggled was because I felt like there's so many artists out there, and especially over the last... 10 years or so like just the more i got caught up with life and being a damn adult right i just found myself listening to the same music over and over and over to the point where i'm listening to two or three year old songs i'm like no like there's so much music out here so i've been making a conscious effort you know over the last couple weeks right well i go out and listen to different artists and i think that's uh kind of one thing that i brought to you too right yeah for sure same thing so yeah now that we're not hanging out all the time, you're getting back into that funk. Yeah. Yep. Disappointed. You're damn right. <laughs> so, yeah, those are our, both of our top five favorite lyricists. You know, like I said, not necessarily who we think is the best, but our favorites as far as style and, you know, anything else you want to throw in there. But like Steve said, we're going to review uh, the Intuition and Equilibrium album, self-titled. Now, I do want to specify it is equilibrium. It's not equilibrium, if you want to look it up. But this is, I mean, this album's in one of my top five favorite albums, to be honest with you. Ever? Probably. I don't know. Maybe you should convince me. What do you think about it? (laughs) Well, um, I think it's one of the top 10 albums I've heard since 2010. Okay. I really think it has that classic feel to it. And when I say that, when I try to describe what that means, there's certain albums you listen to that you can put on and do anything to, mm-hmm. whether it's riding around a car, whether it's cleaning your house, whether it's, you know, cleaning your room, working out. This is one of those albums you can just put on as background music, and it's fine. And or you can put it on to actually active listening to something and catch some meaning out of it, and some you know, oh shit, I didn't catch that the last time I listened to this. Right. 
And that's one of the marks of a classic album to me, one that you can just put on and play every single day, and it it, it can go to or with anything. I agree. I agree. Uh, I really like the cohe- the cohesiveness of the album. It it flows from like like I said from one track all the way to thirteen. It's just got a really smooth, seamless almost transition into all the tracks one through the style, which is one of my few. I'm nitpicking when it comes to this album. I really am on what okay. I don't like. One of the things would definitely be I felt like his flows were kind of consistent throughout the album. But then again, it's nitpicky because the beats, like I said, they're not up tempo. They're not real rap, hip hop type beats. Right. Not uppity. Yeah. So it's hard to pick up your flow to a beat like that. So I kind of feel weird criticizing that part of it. But it's it's a damn good album. One all the way through. And like I said, I, th- I feel like what's I think it's not the last track, but the track, a track 11 and track 12. One's called uh, Imagining yep. and Finished with a Kill. I felt like he could have left those two off and I would have been just as good. I agree. Finished with the, the Kill is great, though. Yeah, I like them. I like, the, I like they, 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 I think they would have fit better on other albums. Okay. I, 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 the whole vibe of the album to me switched up when those two tracks came on. And then it kind of went back yeah. to it with the very last track. Yeah, I could see that. They're Nitpicky, definitely- though, bro. Like I'm saying, like this is like nitpicky like it's already 13 like and then i i love the track length like i we talked about before there's a point where albums can be too long i like the field of 13 to 16 13 it's a perfect album yep. length. 56 minutes uh and then taking those two out those two tracks i will make it 11 so that's a, that's kind of on the short side but i i honestly don't think the volume would lose value i see what with you those mean. two tracks out um imagining i mean between imagining and finish with the kill they're even in and of themselves are completely different mm-hmm. um imaginings about his dad and like alzheimer's and stuff and not being able to relate to him mm-hmm. or you know and stuff like that because he's starting to go and finish with the kill is basically exactly how it sounds um right. that's actually a i believe it's like the second part of ain't the blues oh I okay leave i could be getting that wrong but it's on youtube like it basically fades in um, or fades out. Ain't the blues fades out and it'll say part two coming soon. And then this kind of comes in with the same. I don't even know how to describe it, but it is part two. <laughs> okay. It's like okay. a sequel to it. I have to less. listen to it with that in mind next time. Yeah. But just to finish my review up, like I said, the two things I picked were nitpicky. I mean, this is a great album. Top to bottom. Uh, if you ever get a, a 40 minutes to listen to it it's worth the spend for everybody i think anybody that's a, a fan of hip-hop and good music just in general right it's there's definitely at least two or three tracks anybody will be able to vibe to off of that for sure a few of my favorites off of it just going off of it will have to be make better mm-hmm. i really love that one first time i heard it first day of summer really like that one and best fool best fool yeah. is definitely up there yeah um i actually have the chorus of best fool tattooed on my forearm um right here oh i knew that and then forgot it i'd rather die the worst me than live to be the best you yeah that's a and then i also have a line from ain't the blues on my wrist and it's uh never yell but never hold your tongue okay yeah but yeah this album to me is i mean it probably is top five albums and like i said not 
definitely not because it's the best. It's not the best album, you know, as far as any category you want to put it in, but it's my favorite um, in the sense of like, it's my favorite style and it's just got a perfect amount of everything for me. So it's, it's I don't think it's far fetched to say for some other people too. Like, yeah. uh, I've listened to hip hop. I feel like, you know, confident in saying that I've listened to enough of rap to know when a good album is being, I'm listening to a good right. album and this is definitely up there. Right. And it's sad to, that he didn't really, uh, go on beyond this. But with that being said, I never listened to anything prior to this. And I know this album was with a specific producer. Yeah. But I also read that he his last album was also produced by the same as that like the whole entire thing. So maybe I should go back before that and see what they what they had before then. But Yeah, I know they've been together a little while as Equilibrium. Mm-hmm. He actually he's actually a pretty cool follow on Instagram. Okay. Because he'll make videos on his lunch break. And he'll just have his like drum pad or whatever okay. in the front seat of his car, and he'll just make like a crazy beat, okay, and put it on his Instagram, just having fun during lunch or whatever. <laughs> so he's fun to to follow. But yeah, shout out Intuition, shout out Equilibrium. Uh, I wish you guys put more content out. Me and Jerry, actually, fun fact: me and Jerry were actually going to be, hopefully, in the never going home music video oh wow that's another one of my he's got so many hot tracks on that album it's just go check it out well the we pre-ordered the album or i pre-ordered the album i remember you had it with the autograph version yep yeah and speaking of there is a friend of mine that still has that copy uh and i would like it back (laughs) but i let him borrow it and it's been and it just completely coincidental we just did, haven't seen each other it's been like a couple years and it's not that they like tried to steal the album or anything yeah. like that we just we're still friends and whatever but yeah so somebody has my copy of that <laughs> but we'll give that back motherfucker it's all good but yeah i mean like it'd be dope if i had it back <laughs> <laughs> but uh we pre-ordered it came autographed and then there was actually a piece of paper uh, if you scroll back far enough on my Instagram, I posted it on there saying that we, you could submit, um, I believe up to like 30 second video of you limp syncing to this song yeah. and he was going to put like a collage together. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. It never happened, yep. did it? No, we, um, I reached out or on Twitter or something and he actually responded and said he didn't get enough submissions to make it like a wow. good enough music video. Okay. Damn. So, that was kind of a bummer. I definitely remember you telling me about that, though. Yeah. yeah. And by then, I th- I don't know if he was responding to me or somebody else in the same kind of post or whatever, but he said at that point there was not really a point to put out the music video because the album had came out so long ago. Right, A couple right. months ago. He's like, it's not right. like, hot or anything like that anymore. So, yeah. I get it, but it was a bummer. But I still have... Actually, no, I don't. Because that computer right there, not that one, actually, because you got a different one. But the computer I sold you had videos of me and Jerry lip syncing on Stadium to this song. (laughs) Yeah, we have like 10 different takes of it, of us laughing and just me lip syncing, but then like messing up the words and just, you know, typical, typical stuff. But it was fun. We we recorded for like four hours, just different takes of it. Jerry wore a mask and was like, like twerking in the background, <laughs> like Damn. just crazy stuff. Yeah. Good times, 
good times. But back to the album, though, like I said, that's top five for me. I definitely encourage any hip-hop fan or even music fan in general. I think this is, like Steve said, kind of a classic album to where anybody that appreciates music can appreciate this album. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very well put together, very well produced. You know, everything is just, like I said, everything is perfect for my liking. Maybe not everybody's, but I try not to steer people wrong in terms of hip-hop. I try to kind of promote and, and like things that are, are quality. You know, you might not necessarily like it, but it is still quality music. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely, definitely up there for me. Cool, man. I'm, I'm glad you liked it, though. Yeah, I'm glad you told me to listen to it. And like I said, I knew of the album. You had it. You, we come to find out half the tracks almost I had heard just from, from right. you playing that huge play, playlist you used to play. But I'm glad I gave it a couple spins through. It's definitely on one that I'm going to remember. It definitely means every now more. It means more when you listen to it all the way through. Yeah. You, you yeah. get more of the scope of what it's about. Yeah. It's, um like I said, one of the best albums I've heard since 2010. Right. Awesome. Next topic here, though, is actually kind of the future of technology. I was thinking about this the other day as far as, like, artificial intelligence and things like that. Where we're going with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people people are kind of on both sides of the fence of, of what I've seen. So I wanted to get your take on it. Do you think the future of, like, AI or technology in general is a good thing? for humans or do you think it's actually something that's going to hurt us in the end you know or or kind of where do you stand on that topic so you, when you shot me the question um i did some research on it and uh i, I today i want to paraphrase paraphrase slash quote an article that i was reading on uh, a site called futureoflife.org it was called the uh the future of ai and from the top of there, it talked about there's two different types of AI. Okay. Right. So this was called narrow AI, which is just, just, you know, programming something to do one thing, whether it be drive a car or give you directions or like facial recognition. And then we have what's called general AI, which is just this huge, I don't even know what you want to call it, a system that can outperform humans on every scale in every single way. So from that, what are the chances of AI becoming more beneficial than it is detrimental? I think it all depends on who's in whose hands it's in. Okay. The people that are actually smart enough to develop artificial intelligence are they can we trust them to do something and think about it enough to where cuz let's be honest, the average person isn't going to figure out all the kinks and no all way. the obstacles of, you know, what that is and what that really means to have something that can think for itself or control things that we've been controlling for years, you know, as humans. So I don't know. I just you said there's two different kinds of AI. Yeah. And to me, what you were kind of explaining was like, I guess, like a computer versus a robot. Right. True. So kind of like, you know, things with you tell it what to do and it'll do it. If you don't tell it anything, it won't do anything. Right. Kind of stuff like that versus potentially a free thinking robot or, 
right. try to do something like that. Oh, right. Um, and it really doesn't even have to be a robot. It could be just like a, a program. Just a, well, a, right. Yeah, you know, it can be okay. something that lives inside of. Like a virus? Kinda. Like it can live inside of a robot for sure, but that's information that's been put into that. It can be in a computer. It can be into, you know, whatever they decide to put it into. So on this article here, it said there was a, a list of myths that people tend to think about. And I did this too for a while. We kind of take, we don't know what to think about some things, especially stuff that's unknown like AI and what the capabilities of it really are. So we can't, we tend to just take whatever we're reading and form our opinion around that. Somebody right. else's opinion of, oh, this is horrible. You know, there's, yeah. this is, this is only going to lead to us, you know, demolishing ourselves when, and we just take that. We don't know what else to think. Right. So well, we're, we're kind of like, oh shit. We're too dumb to have a different opinion. Exactly. We're, that's we're, the reality of it. Yeah. There's no knock on it. So, yeah, but it's it's so easy to do, especially on a topic that you can't even really understand what it means or what it's so going to do. So above our head. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the first one, the first myth is that super intelligence by 2100 is inevitable. They're saying that's a myth? Yeah, that's the myth. Okay. And there's another myth associated with that that says, or people, where people think super intelligence by 2100 is impossible. The reality of it is it may happen in decades, centuries, or never. AI experts disagree, and we simply don't know. So yeah. that's the reality of it. Me personally, I, I, I don't know what I think. Like, okay, what level are we talking about? Is it talking about controlling to the point where we're having everything automated by robots? Is that what we're trying to get to? Or is it to where, you know, people only do about half of what they normally do because of that you know what there's so many levels and right. you know of it to really discuss that we don't know what really is going to happen when you think about it so i'm thinking just kind of so we can be on the same like reference and like same with the listeners and, and stuff like that like i'm thinking like irobot right so like the if, if we're talking about the irobot kind of era where there's different models of robots and robots will take care of the house and they'll be you know self-driving cars yeah, and yeah. whatever but then at the end of the day they get their kind of free thinking and right take over but they don't want to take over because now they're good like you know or right, whatever right so right in, in that aspect like i mean i i would agree that that's probably farther off than we think it is but at the same time, there's... So, do you know who Whitney Cummins is? Oh, I've definitely heard of that name. But She's a comedian. Okay. So, she spent, I believe it was $100,000. Maybe it was like $60,000. It was up there to where she, where she bought this robot and put it actually in the body of like a professional like sex doll type thing. So, yeah. it has a real body, but they put this like computer chip in it or whatever it is to where it'll respond to you. It'll kind of move around a little bit. But if you're like, Hey, what's your favorite color? It'll tell you blues, my favorite color because X, Y, Z. Oh, wow. So we're to that level. Jeez. And she like carries it around with her and stuff just cause it's creepy. And, <laughs> but it's like 120 pounds, whatever Damn. she weighs, like it's modeled after her. It's got her face and everything like that. It's crazy. I definitely recommend YouTubing it and looking it up. Okay. She's been doing a lot of stuff like on Joe Rogan and 
other podcasts like that where she brings the doll. But yeah, it'll like respond to you. It'll move its head around and look at you and things like that. So we're at least to that level. Now it's not, it's not a free thinking level. It's a, you give it an input and it'll respond. So it's kind of like a Siri or more like an Alexa type thing. You know what I mean? But how much farther is it going to take us to get to that free thinking aspect? Because we've got that far down. It's expensive, but it's out there. And she bought it. So it's like somewhat commercial to some extent. Yeah, beyond the prototype stage. So imagine what they're doing like in the government and stuff. I'm not like a conspiracy dude or yeah. whatever, but like they always they have the best funding and the best people. We don't know what they have. At the end yeah, of the day. all that kind of stuff, alien technology, whatever. <laughs> but we're already to that level to where Whitney Cummins can kind of buy her own robot to some extent. I don't think it'll like walk though. I don't think it like walks around. So she has to carry it, or I'm pretty wheel sure. it around, or something. All all the scenes and stuff that I've seen of her with it. Or moving it, she's been carrying it. And people complaining how heavy it is. Because <laughs> it's like a dead weight, like 120. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is pretty yeah. hefty. Right. But, uh, yeah, so we're to that level. I mean, I guess how long do you think, in your opinion, how far away are we from like a free-thinking robot? You think If I had to put a number on it right today. Like 100 years, 500 years. Completely years, free whatever. thinking, independent of any sort of some like iRobot shit. Okay, I mean, I'm gonna say we're at least 150, 200 years away from that. Yeah, at least. I just think, I I mean I agree, but the the hard part to to judge is like when you think of technology, technology grows like exponentially. The first, you, do you know what year YouTube came out? It was late 90s, wasn't it? Uh. Uh-uh. Really? Let me let me look this up just to double check. It came out in so Valentine's Day, okay, okay. February fourteenth, two thousand five. Oh wow, YouTube is that young. YouTube's fourteen years old. Why did I think it came out so long? Imagine that? all the shit that youtube has done and and that it's helped in the last 14 years imagine everything that it's changed oh yeah i mean that's the influence of youtube has just had a tremendous impact on everything (laughs) right every literally about everything it's only 14 years old yep yep and the iPhone 3G, okay, that old iPhone. I think that was the first one. Guess what year that came out? The first iPhone. iPhone 3G. Mm-hmm. That had, wow, 2006? 2008. Wow. I, I, really? Yep. <laughs> the very first? Yep, 2008. You know what? Yeah. I, now 16. that I think about it, how old I was then, yeah. No, I think it was a little older. I would say like 05. Because I was on the bus, I thought. No, Maybe because, not. Yeah. Maybe it you was. You said in 2008. So, yeah, I would have been 20. And that sounds about right, yeah. 
to me. Yeah. Huh. But just thinking about it, you would have right. been like, oh, yeah. That's right. Funny. 10 years, 11 years, something like that. Not really that bad. Think of the growth in, in a decade. Yeah, really. That's exponential. Right. Between YouTube and the iPhone. Oh, my gosh. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's hard to judge because it's exponential. We're only going to get quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. But, I mean, I would still say 100 years or 150 years. I think that's a fair number. But it's. I think it's because it's a little more difficult than we think it is. To program free thinking is to, like, understand the brain to levels that we don't understand. I think we might be incapable of understanding. Incapable? Completely? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, out because, of our realm? And once again, the article is on thefutureoflife.org, and I misquoted the, the title. It's called The Benefits and Risks of Artificial Intelligence. In the article, it talked a lot about, it talked about there's a true possibility that we may never get there. Right. You know, we just think we can because. We might kill of, ourselves before we get there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Will we even make it that far? Right. And we may, we may never. It just may be an ideal that we never be able to reach because we'll never be able to. But in, the laws of physics won't allow it. It's, that won't be the, the reason we won't get there. But it's there's a chance that we can never get there. We can mm. never figure out uh, all of the required, I guess, rules and regulations and limits on how to program it. Right. And even you know, like you said, if it's free thinking, self thinking, and it wants to uh protect itself, who's to say it just won't be into, okay, now you guys are my enemy. And right. now I have to like you said, iRobot. That's the thing too, like so if once again if we're just going with the iRobot scenario, like they program them in general to just be like dumb robots or whatever. But they ended up programming one of them with like a sense of logic to some extent, uh, right? yeah, that's or definitely. or something similar to that. And I think one, I think that's going to be the difficult part, right? Is to distinguish every situation into what's logical or not, because it might change for a million different reasons, right? But at the end of the day, the the one thing I think it might do is realize that humans in general are not a logical thing wow i like that because that's a hell of a quote right there i mean we're not like just in general yeah, if, completely if true my i've always loved thinking about this like if it wasn't for our intelligence we would have never lasted on this planet ever right against a fucking like raccoon could eat us <laughs> you know what i mean maybe right. you know but you get my point like a deer could definitely knock us out and kick us in the face and we're done. Right. Or whatever. You know, like a wolf, a coyote, a dog even. Right. Have you ever, like, tried to give a cat a bath? Like, they'll fuck you up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't, like, Yeah, don't doubt We it. are not a very logical species in the <laughs> sense of what we do or what we're made of or just us in general. It's not logical that we're here. We're hurting the planet. You know what I mean? We're mean to each other. We just start wars and all this stuff. And I think if at some point, if we can program a robot to think in only logic, they'd be like, we don't need you here. You're hurting everything. And I think that's the scary part. 
That's deep. Uh, for the sake of time, I was gonna go down my list here on the on this uh article, but you know that's just two quotes I want to mention from the article. If you want to check it out once again, that's on futureoflife.org, benefits and risks of artificial intelligence. So the two quotes are about one, the AI becoming evil, and the other is about AI controlling humans, and if that's possible. Okay. Us as we are right now. So the first quote says, the fear of machines turning evil is another red herring, which pretty much means it's irrational. The real worry isn't malevolence, but competence. A super intelligent AI is by definition very good at attaining its goals, whatever they may be. So we need to ensure that its goals are aligned with ours. Humans don't generally hate ants, but we're more intelligent than they are. So if we want to build a hydroelectric dam and there's an anthill there, too bad for the ants. The beneficial AI movement wants to avoid placing humanity in the position of those ants. Damn. So, yeah, that I thought that was really deep, you know, that we can we can take it as far as we want to. We just have to make sure that what that robot wants to do is in alignment with what we want it to do. Right. Which is like you said that in of itself can can be very difficult to do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever be able to get to that point. Like I just think getting there there's going to be too many trials and too many errors where not necessarily that people are like killed or whatever, but just too much bad shit happens. I think there will be casualties involved on the way to getting probably, to this point. Yeah. Probably. Mass. Yeah. To the potential of mass casualties for sure. But yeah. yeah, I just don't think we'll get past that to a point of being okay with a robot making me dinner. Right. You know what right. I mean? And having a conversation with it about what's on the news today. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Real quick, though, and the other quote that I pulled from this article, it goes, the robot misconception is related to the myth that machines can't control humans. Intelligence enables control. Humans control tigers, not because we're stronger, but because we are smarter. This means that if we seed our position as smartest on our planet, it is possible that we might also seed control. So that, you know, pretty much says that if we give the any sort of intelligence the ability to think for itself and get smarter than us. We're done. Yeah. We can, we can pretty much just count ourselves out of, out of the equation. So, right. And I, I mean, I would agree with that. We got to be, it kind of goes back to my point. We got to be the top on the food chain from an intellectual level. now. Yes. Cause from a physical level, we're way far from that. Right. From an intelligence level, we're at the very top. Right. So if, the I think the scary part about a robot kind of takeover, you know, that people think of is that now they're smarter than us and they're stronger than us. So like you said, kind of like the ants. Right. You know, I mean, we we would be ants, but I don't think ants will ever be smart enough to build a robot. Yes. So you think we draw the line at the point where it's just as smart as we are, but can't possibly become any smarter than us? I don't. I I feel like if if we go down that route to where we make half-ass robots, there won't be any point to have a half-ass robot. Or if there is, it won't be as in high demand. Okay. Not everybody's going to care if your robot 
fold your laundry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Because it, it would do mundane things like that. Vacuum the house or whatever. Like rich people would probably have robots and a select few people that we know might. Right. But like the average person, the, the demand's not going to be high enough to where we're going to even care too much to where it'll get out of line. And at that point, if they're that dumb, <laughs> they're not going to take over anything. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, we could have it, but that's not, I guess that's kind of back to the computer versus robot thing. At that point, it's just a computer. True. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not artificial intelligence in the sense of what we're talking about okay. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, that whole um, topic definitely opened up my eyes to, you know, what that really is. I never really sat and thought about, you know, what the limits are and where we should stop or, or should we continue right. to uh, give power to things that, you know, could eventually be our, out of our control. So, Well, last last thing I'll mention on that is some people kind of think that rather than it being humans and robots, we'll kind of merge together. So we'll have, I mean, I guess kind of Will Smith did it, right? <laughs> and I yeah. robot. He had the <laughs> robot arm. Um, but yet, like, in the sense of kind of like our mind or whatever, it will be implanted with the internet now. Imagine the internet being, instead of at your fingertips, it'll be in your head. <laughs> so now you know everything. Right. Imagine that world. You you might not be able to do everything, but you can look up how to engineer. Yeah, you can find whatever. out how to do it in right. an instant. And in theory, if you're that smart, you should be able to do it. Right. So yeah. that's what some people are thinking. It wouldn't be human and robot. It would be kind of a merger of the two. Okay. And that's the end goal. It's not actually a robot takeover, but it's that we turn into kind of half things right more or less damn that's deep bro yeah <laughs> I it like could that. go a lot of different ways yeah either way it's not going to happen in our lifetime most of the stuff that we dream of i, I don't right. think so either flying cars you brought it up before the show I, yeah i mean i'd I, I, I probably die before i see that I, I, yeah i would I'd say at best 50 years yeah because you got to think of like now do we have flying highways are there people still on the ground right what if you crash up there are you gonna fall and hit these people like right like you said, a lot of regulations and it's, yeah. there's just too much to it. It'll to, take a very long time to sort it all yeah. out if we ever, if we ever do it. Yeah. I don't think anybody has that much patience because this is like, <laughs> if you think of we're going to make flying cars and flying highways, how long do you think that would take to set up? To even just set up. Say we have everything we need. They get blueprints for it. Right. Even just to, to do that around the United States or even the major cities. Yes. That's you're talking, yeah, decades. 15 year, 20 year project. Yeah, decades to right. get that completed off the ground. Yeah. It's for sure. just, I don't think it's going to happen. For sure. All right, man. You want to go on to the uh, 25 and 5 rule? We'll touch on that. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay. So on a, I, um, I was reading again, as I do. Um, there's an article on the website called inc.com, INC, like incorporated.com. And it was an article about Warren Buffett's uh, 25 and 5 rule. So pretty much what it is, is you write out 25 things that you want to do in your lifetime in order that you want to do them. Take the top five, focus on doing those daily, and completely disregard the bottom 
20. Why? And the reason he says to do that is because it forces you. Okay, so the things from 6 through 25 are just stuff that you're interested in. The top five, you're probably passionate about. Okay. So, in essence, the the, the bottom 20 become distractions more so than things you actually are going to do. He argues that um, 60% of what we actually want to do in our lives, even the top five things, we actually don't ever complete because we're trying to juggle so many you know balls at one time to the mm-hmm. point where we really – may only get one or two of them. He says um, that you can get to five in your lifetime if you truly, f- the The point is to figure out exactly what those are though. Right. And learn to focus only on the ones that matter to you the absolute most and literally disregard the ones that are on the top, on the bottom 20 until one of them comes up the top five. Right. So do you think that's practical? Do you think that's doable? Do you think that's limiting in a sense? Um, kind of what i want to talk about and then um i have something that i've been struggling with in regards to this type of rule and you know to get your feedback on that as well so i don't think i don't think limiting is necessarily the right word okay because i guess when i think of lists like this i don't think of them as you write them down once i think of them as it's a kind of growing process to where you think these are your top five right and then yeah. you realize a month later oh fuck that i like this right like you know what i mean yeah because it kind of reminded me as you were talking there it kind of reminded me of gary v because he says something similar in the sense of he's like why do we try to focus on things that we're bad at and getting those things yeah okay or up to par He's like, focus on what you're good at and excel at that. Right. So that's a, yeah. and, and he encourages people to try as many things as possible because you don't know what you're good at or what you're going to love until you try it per se. So that's why I say, I don't think it's a list that you can write down today and have for the next 50 years. You might. Yeah. It's, I mean, everybody's different, but I think the practicality of it you would have to re- realign some things here later. But I think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I think people might get into the thought process of these are my five and I have to stick with it because that's what Warren Buffett right, says. Right, committing to yeah. strictly that. And there's a, there's a fine line in being dedicated and committing to the wrong thing. Oh, yeah, I could definitely see. So it's... Like, you could have your top five right now for the rest of your life, and that's fine. I know for myself, I might have a top two. I don't I don't know what my other interests are, per se. Like, mm-hmm. I got, like you, I mean, I got 20 I could name out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what would be in my top five. A couple of them, for sure, but you know what I mean? So, it's, a, it's an evolving, or a revolving door. And yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think it's a good general statement. It's it's a good blanket thought. So it's a good idea in theory, and it might work for a lot of people, but I think it also might backfire for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see what you're saying with that. I think my biggest thing outside of what you talked about is 
a younger person definitely is not going to know what the top 25 things are. Somebody no. who's 18, 19, 20, fresh out of high school and no college, way. maybe even fresh out of college, that list is going to change a lot. Somebody that's 40, they probably be able to come up with a more consistent, you know, more uh, a less static right, or more static top, you know, 25 list and be able to be like, okay, yeah, I've, I've been through it enough to be able to know, like, this is what I really want to do in these things. Eh, I can... I right. could die, you know, and be fine that I didn't do. But I mean, with that being said, forty's not too late either. You know, a no. lot a lot of people think you got to find out what you what you're good at and all this, and start your career by the time you're 25 and get yeah. your family and your kids and whatever. That's bull. Yeah, bro. I completely disagree. You got plenty of time. I I mean, this is obviously just a guess, but what the average person lives to be at least probably 70. Yeah, would be nice. average, give or take. Right. 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 So we got 40 more years. You got double your life and then some. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I got almost triple my life left. It's, you got plenty of time. So, like I said, I just wouldn't commit to anything too early. And it's a good thing to have in the back of your mind. But when you put things like that on the table, it's, it's something that, people can get can get caught up in and go down the wrong road and then at 40 now they're in the wrong profession because they thought that's what they wanted when they were 20 Mm -hmm. and once again it's not too late then to realign some things but it's just that's why i say it's it's always going to be evolving it's nothing that you can stay static on or or stay consistent on and that's why I think it's a good idea and it's a good thing to, to keep in mind. But it's such a general statement that I don't think you can necessarily live by it, in my opinion. OK. Uh, Yeah, I think it's something that you can do. But it's like it takes a requirement of knowing pretty much who you are as a person and, you know, um, actually going out and trying things. Right. I th- I feel like me personally, I pretty much know what I want to do. There's some things I definitely want to try. There's, I'm sure there's things out there. I'd be like, damn, I didn't realize how fun that was or how much I enjoy that. Right. Or damn, I'm good at this. But I feel like, you know, for me personally, I'm at a good spot where I know pretty much the direction I want to go. And I wanted to discuss a little bit, too. I've been um, thinking about going to this martial arts thing out in Lexington. Okay. I don't know if you ever. Chitwood? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, a buddy of mine invited me out a couple weeks ago to one. The first session was free. Okay. So I got in there and I signed some papers and some waivers and stuff. And we had a session. And afterwards, he was like, you know, so you want to join? What do you think about it? I'm like, I like the class. I'm going through it. You know, I realized there's a lot of things that I could use, you know, should the situation arise that will help me, you know, be able to de- protect and defend myself. But then we, and we discussed, you know, the cost of everything, which is one thing. But the, the biggest thing that I was worried about is that I wouldn't have the time to do it because I'm trying to I'm doing the podcast. I'm trying to learn how to play the piano. Mm-hmm. I got to work 40 hours a week. I got two kids that I, I try to right. see. And, you know, I'm doing the, the music production thing. So was it something that I could practically, you know, do, you know, once I fork over the, the money to do it? Would I something that I'd be able to consistently do without feeling like I was spreading myself too thin, you right. know, and then, you know, I think I could benefit from writing down maybe not a 25 list, but a, like a 10 or a 15 and mm-hmm. being like, Hey, so I feel pretty strongly about these five or four things that I want to do before, you know, I go, um, let's, 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 let's focus on that and see what happens for a little bit. So, 
anybody who's listening, you know, have some thoughts about that or what I can do or um, your opinion on the 25 and 5 rule from Warren Buffett. Like I said, that article, again, is on Inc.com, INC. You can probably just search up Warren's 25 and 5 rule. It should come right up for you. Right. Well, yeah, man. Um, I, I like that, though. I mean, it's uh, it's a good good mindset to have for sure. But just to kind of cap things off here with, with things like that, like even this podcast, I mean, I we don't expect to get famous off this, right? right. It, even if we do or whatever, it's going to be down the line. It's probably going to be years or right. whatever. So that's that's what I was saying about people getting locked into stuff. Because say they're like, okay, I want to do this podcast and then realize they're not super into it but continue to do it because mm-hmm. they're like, well, it's going to take years to get there. Now you're five years in and you've been doing something you hate for four years because you think there's an end goal right? of right. some list that you wrote down. Right. So right. it's a good mindset to have. And, and I mean, people can definitely benefit from it. Everybody's obviously different, but it's just not something that I can use as a consistent thing right. for me. Cool. Um, well, that was episode seven Jeez. Um, Yeah, of the Average AF Podcast. Uh, we do appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, I, I got a ton of stickers, you know, triple digits worth of stickers. So anybody that wants some, come find me. Send me your address or we can meet up or however you want to do it. Uh, we'll get you a couple stickers just post around town or whatever you want to do. But uh Follow us everywhere on social. Um, we're at Average AF Podcast on pretty much everything. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, and then on Twitter, we're at a- Average AF Pod. So make sure to follow us. But over the next couple weeks, real quick, we are going to have a couple guests on. Some surprise guests. Oh, yeah. So shout out to them. We're going to keep that a surprise, though. But uh, definitely going to be a good time to have our first couple guests over the next couple weeks but uh we do appreciate you guys listening and uh have a good night and we out